This podcast is a production of the Johns Hopkins University Press. To learn more, please visit press.jhu.edu slash journals. Thank you for tuning in to this Johns Hopkins University Press podcast. My name is Brian Shea, and I'm the Public Relations and Advertising Coordinator in the Journals Division. In the most recent issue of the journal, Narrative Inquiry in Bioethics, the Narrative Symposium took a look at the world of intersex people. More than a dozen personal stories, coupled with four commentaries, brought diverse points of view to the topic. Guest editors George Ann Davis from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and Ellen Fetter from American University joined us to talk about the issue. Thank you two for joining me today. Ellen, let's start with you. How did this special issue come about? Thanks, Brian. I started talking to Georgian last year about the possibilities of trying to renew questioning about practices for normalizing atypical genitalia in children. The narratives had had a huge impact at the beginning of intersex activism in the late 1990s. Mm -hmm. And that effort was incredibly successful in raising awareness and not only among the general public, but among doctors about the, the impact of their actions and changes that had to happen. And it was clear that significant changes in practices had occurred, but that normalizing surgeries were still very common. And it seemed that this might be a good opportunity to let more voices be heard in an effort to once more raise awareness about, about, about the problems of surgeries that are well-intentioned, but ultimately very harmful. Then, Georgianne, the, the process of getting the submissions, what was your reaction when things started coming in and you started reading the stories that people, people wanted to share? Well, um, thanks, Brian, for having us um, with you here today. But I would just say that to begin with, it was uh, really refreshing to read the eloquent and sharp narratives that intersex people submitted uh, to our project. I was very, very pleased personally, and I think Ellen agrees, to see an overwhelming response uh, from a diverse group of intersex people of all ages uh, with different intersex traits from different parts of the country and even the world. Many of the narratives uh, were familiar to me, given my research expertise, but I argue maybe more importantly, my personal experience as an intersex person mm -hmm. and president of the AISDSD support group, which is one of the largest support groups in the world for uh, people with intersex traits and their families. So this is an opportunity to sort of share some of these narratives with the rest of the world. So I was really pleased overall with, our with the response we received from the community. Ellen, tell me, how important is it to take an examination of the impact of these so-called normalizing procedures that physicians undertake? Well, if we think about the, the aim as making people's lives better, then I don't think there's anything more important than learning about the outcomes of the efforts of physicians. And if it turns out that the outcomes are not what was hoped for, that really should cause physicians and the parents they advise to rethink their strategies and rethink what really their aims are and how best to meet them. What the narratives that we collected suggest is that surgery is not the best means of 
trying to ensure the best possibilities for people's happiness. Georgine, these narratives, as, as you guys have already referenced a little bit, they're, they're really important because they share personal stories. What special power does that hold for stories in a topic like intersex? Um, I think, in our, well, we know that intersex people have been sharing their stories for decades now. So that's not new. As, and I believe Ellen mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. But my hope is that this platform is uh, different given the audience, medical professionals and students, medicine and so on and so forth. And that there's also at the same time, I believe, an increased legitimacy tied to narrative analysis as a form of analytical inquiry. So meaning that intersex people's voices and what they share and their stories and experiences should be taken more seriously and um, considered part of the overall knowledge about, in this case, intersex. So I think that's a, the, the special power that the narrative structure has. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was I'm very excited to uh, join Ellen on this project. Now, Ellen, what do you hope for, what kind of progress do you hope that this issue brings once, as Jordan says, it gets out to medical professionals and people in those areas? I think there are really two aims overall, and, and Georgianne can, can add here. I think that, that one important change is a change to ongoing practices with respect to newborns and, and very young children. I think that just as important is the recognition of responsibility to those young adults and adults who've had normalizing interventions. I think what this forum offers is the opportunity for adults to be heard and and ultimately to have the the harms that they have suffered acknowledged. So I think you know that that in itself it would be um, an enormous advance, and I think it would also have important implications for care going forward. George Ann, you obviously sharing your own story within this uh, this issue. Also, there were twenty other authors who joined you, and what do you hope that these voices all coming together will do? Kind of building on what Ellen said. Yeah, well, I, ho- I hope my story um, has the same impact as the other stories will have, and that is that I hope our stories change how medical providers understand our experiences. I also hope our stories change um, how providers see us as intersex people and approach our intersex traits. And I hope our stories let others like us know that they aren't alone as they make sense of their intersex trait and navigate medical care. Um, When you're initially diagnosed with an intersex trait, feelings of isolation are quite common. People feel that they are all alone in the world and and no one else has an experience like theirs. So I'm hoping that this sort of has a a side effect to let people know that they aren't alone. And I think, um, you know, intersex is really, you know, a beautiful difference in the world, but but navigating the world as an intersex person, unfortunately, isn't isn't easy when people aren't familiar with us and our experiences, and, or they think that sex is as simple as male or female. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this issue sort of bridges that gap a little bit. I know from meeting so many people from around the world that uh, we are happy people living very fulfilling lives. We are paramedics, teachers, nurses, mm-hmm. mothers, fathers, partners, brothers, sisters, siblings, you name it. And we're here, and, and I think we are living happy lives. And I'm hoping that this issue that Ellen and I put together 
not only impacts medical care, but also uh, lets people know that they aren't alone. It seems like a journal like NIB can kind of bridge that gap where it's not just purely the medical side or it's not just purely people's stories. It brings them together to help with acceptance and advance the medical understanding of what people need. Absolutely. I know that when this issue was uh, made available online, that many people in the community with which I belong were very excited about it and wanted eagerly um, awaited the release of the PDFs and things like that so they can actually get their hands on um, them and read them. Because while my experience and my role with the AISDSD support group and my experience as a researcher in the community uh, allows me sort of a sort of a different look at what's happening. And I am sort of familiar with many of these different narratives. Some overlap with mine and some do not. But for those people who do not have that same experience as me, um, or maybe are newer to the community, maybe their parents of an, a, a child with an intersex trait, it's really, I think, uh, powerful and helpful for them to hear these narratives. And, and you know, there is a lot of trauma in these narratives. That, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and, and, and Alan, feel free to add, I, I think there are a lot of um, sort of resiliency that comes through in these stories and also um, strength and encouragement for others. Yeah, I couldn't have said that any better. Well, that sounds great. I really want to thank you guys for joining me today. I hope that this does help spread that understanding that we're all talking about here and can bring some some kind of level of comfort to some people and a better measure of understanding to others. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Thank you for listening to this Johns Hopkins University Press podcast. Please visit press.jhu.edu slash journals for more information.